0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes long each day, but it is every day, seven days a week, and thereby it keeps us in God's Word, which helps us to stay strong and grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17, you know people in your life, don't you, who need to grow in their faith? They need to start thinking about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. Help them to grow in their faith and come to God and maybe even get to heaven. What a great blessing it would be for you to help them get to heaven And it would be a great blessing for you as well. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, asking the very profound and personal question, are you neglecting your salvation? Are you neglecting your salvation? Well, we looked in the first major part of this. We talked about the most basic ways that people neglect their salvation. Well, first, they don't come to God through Christ for salvation. They don't go to church services anywhere, rarely if ever. They hardly ever, if ever, open up a Bible and read even one verse of Scripture. Their, their head just, not, it just is not in their spiritual life. It's in all kinds of worldly pursuits, but it's not in walking with God or walking with their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They have not come to God through Christ for salvation. They've not been baptized into Him for the remission of their sins, to be saved, to come into Christ. Just haven't done it. They're neglecting their salvation. Now, that's the most basic way that people neglect their salvation. But then there are also those who they have come to Christ for salvation, they have been baptized into Him for the remission of their sins. But then they start drifting away because they're neglecting their salvation. They say, wait a minute, I thought you said they were saved. Well, they came to him for salvation. But you see, your soul's salvation is something that you need to pay continual, diligent attention to. The Apostle Peter said, be even more diligent to make your call and election And those are descriptive terms for your salvation. Sure, be even more diligent to make your salvation, your soul salvation, sure. He's writing that to Christians, but see, a lot of people after they become Christians, they get bored or they get distracted by other things, ways of the world. They start thinking about some of the things that they had done before they became a Christian, and you see the devil. Once a person turns away from the devil and comes to God through Jesus Christ, the devil's going to start working harder on that person to get him back. And so a lot of people drift away. They neglect their salvation and they drift away. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. We need to be careful not to neglect our salvation and drift away. Well, how do other people neglect their salvation? Or what are some other ways? And we began looking at those over the last couple of times together. Some people, they neglect their salvation by they don't gather with the church consistently to worship God as we're instructed in his word. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, that God God expects us to worship him in spirit and truth. But they kind of just neglect that. They make excuses for not being with the church as the church comes together to worship. And they're just excuses. But those excuses they used to make them feel better about not doing what they ought to be doing. You know, James wrote in James chapter four and verse 17, for a man who knows what is right to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Now, he's talking about sin of omission. We usually think about sins of commission. Somebody tells a lie, somebody steals, somebody does something overtly. We say that's sinful. That's a sin of commission. But just as sinful is the sin of omission, James says. And that's when a person does not do what he knows he should be doing. And so, Christian knows he ought to be worshiping God. But when you start making excuses and saying, well, you know, I I don't need to be there every time the church meets, you're neglecting your soul's salvation. Well, have you neglected your relationship with God through prayer? This would be another way of neglecting your salvation. And someone might say, well, well how is that neglecting my my salvation? If I if, if, if What do you mean neglecting it through prayer? You're not praying as you should. Prayer is our hotline connected to the throne in heaven, God's throne. He leaves that line open for us to call upon him, to talk to him, to pray to him, to glorify him all the time. It's never shut down on his end as long as we keep it open on our end. Are you praying to God regularly? You know, when the Apostle Paul listed all of those pieces of the spiritual armor that God has provided for Christians to wear as we have to deal with all that the devil throws at us trying to lead us back into sin in this physical life, you know, all of those, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 11 and going down through verse 17, the Our waist, you know, girded with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When he went through all of those different pieces of the spiritual armor, he added at the very end, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Prayer is important. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 17, the Apostle Paul put it directly and succinctly. He said, pray without ceasing. He's writing this to Christians. Pray without ceasing. There's a reason we're admonished to spend regular, frequent time with God in prayer on a continual basis, we need that personal communion with him through prayer. We need to be talking to him regularly in prayer. We need to be bringing our needs to him, and we also need to be thanking him for all of his blessings, because after Paul has instructed, pray without ceasing, then he also says in the next verse, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God wants us to come to him in prayer on a regular, consistent basis. In Matthew chapter 6, we read this, and Jesus speaking, but you, when you pray, go into your room And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Jesus was teaching the apostles, and through what has been written there in God's word, teaching us about the importance of prayer. When you read through the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you frequently see Jesus praying taking time out to pray. He's God the Son. Did he need to pray to the Father? Absolutely he did. And he gives us that example. Even God the Son prayed to God the Father on a continual basis. Now, when Paul says, pray without ceasing, he's not talking about going around every waking moment with a prayer being uttered across your lips, but he's talking about We need to be in contact, in communion with God through prayer every day throughout the day. When you eat a meal, do you stop before you eat and thank God for that meal and ask him to bless it to your nourishment and your health and safety and well-being? When something good happens to you, James said every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. James 1 and verse 17, do you thank God for it? When you get up in the morning, do you thank God for blessing you to see another day? And do you ask for God's blessings and guidance and strength to see you through effectively the day before you? When you go to bed at night and put your head in the pillow, do you thank God for seeing you through that day and blessing you with all of the blessings that you have enjoyed during that day? And do you ask God to give you a good night's sleep? strengthen you to be able to wake up and face the next day effectively? There is so much teaching on prayer in the Scriptures. Just in the New Testament, 57 verses, 57 verses in the New Testament alone use the word pray, and 29 verses use the word prayer. Anything that is mentioned and taught that frequently, even if it was just one verse and one mention, if it's in God's Word, we need to pay attention to it. But when you see it repeated over and over and over and over and over again like that, don't you think that that should indicate to us that we need to pay attention to our communion with God through prayer? In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41, Jesus told the apostles, watch and pray. Now, he's been in the Garden of Gethsemane. The next day, he's going to be on the cross. He's taken three of the apostles a little farther into the garden, left them at that point, went on into the garden farther. And what did he do when he got by himself? He prayed to the Father. He comes back and finds those three apostles, Peter, James, and John, asleep. And he says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so he told them, watch and pray. We need to watch and pray. We need God's protection. We need his blessings. We need his guidance. We need his deliverance on an ongoing basis. And prayer is the means with which God has blessed us to be able to bring our needs to him directly. The Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 3 and verse 20 that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He wants us to talk to him through prayer, to bring our needs to him through prayer. And James wrote in James chapter 5 and verse 16, the importance of praying for one another. But the the broader principle is the power of prayer. For the faithful Christian, James wrote, James 5 in verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I actually like an alternate translation there. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effect, not because of us who is uttering the prayer, but because of him to whom we are praying, the all-powerful God. Jesus said in Luke 1 and verse 37, nothing is impossible for God. Are you taking everything to him in prayer? that you need to be taking to him? Are you talking to him as much as you should be through prayer? Or are you neglecting your salvation by not praying much to God? Let's pray now. Father, help us to open our hearts to you through prayer on an ongoing basis and to recognize our need to be with you through prayer on an ongoing basis. Help us to pray without ceasing and to give thanks always to you for your blessings, Father. Please forgive us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.